Want to discover leading strategies, share experiences and connect with fellow consultancy leaders from companies like EY, PwC or Porsche Consulting? Then join us in Munich for the Leaders in Consulting Conference on the 27th of June, a one-day event exclusively for consultancy leaders like you. Places are limited, so head to leadersinconsulting.com to claim your ticket now. That's leadersinconsulting.com. See you there. The goal is to have high quality in the project for the customers. This is just possible if you standardize what you're doing. Um, I know that if you, if you tell our clients that we have a standardized project, um, they always got the fear that we're doing these, um, what we did in a hundred other companies. Uh, but I can quite quickly explain them why it's good for our customers because we bring so much knowledge into the project and which makes typically 80% of that what we bring in uh, fits very good. And then we got time um, to find out the other 20%, which is um, typically for our customers um, and what they really need. Uh, so we don't have to start to find out everything about the 100%, but just the 20%, which makes it really, uh, it makes it quicker with a high quality, which makes it more cheaper for the customers. Welcome to the Leaders in Consulting podcast, the show that delivers cutting edge insights from other leaders in consulting companies. If you want a summary of learnings from each episode, or you want to meet other consulting leaders at our monthly in-person meetups, head to leadersinconsulting.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Please note, you must be a partner or MD of a consulting company with at least 40 employees to be eligible to join our in-person meetups. Today, Dr. Jörg Reinhardt joins us. Um, he's the CEO um, of the Synthetic Consulting Group. Jörg, welcome to our show. Hi, Sammy. Thanks a lot for being here. Yeah, the pleasure is all mine. Um, tell me about your company. What are you doing? Yeah, we, we are a consultant company. Um, we call ourselves a business consultancy, which means we want to drive the business of our clients. And we are focusing on the fields of customer relationship management, marketing automation, uh, analytics, and business intelligence. So we are uh, a very focused company and consultancy. Mm -hmm. Very good. Focus is always good. Yeah. And true. <laughs> what, is, what is your job at your company? Yeah, as you mentioned before, I'm the, I'm the founder and CEO, uh, which means I'm responsible for the strategy. Uh, but also for the client acquisition, uh, which means um, building a network, uh, going to new clients, uh, and also checking uh, if every project is in time and scope and visiting if the quality is uh, what I want to be. That's a lot of things you do at once. Uh, respect, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true, but I got a very good team, so it's not that hard. There's teams. Yeah, yeah, that's important. Uh, can you give me a proxy of the size and growth of your company? Yeah, we are about 90 people in the moment. Uh, we exist since 12 years now. And uh, yeah, we, we got a steady and constant growth. Uh, also in the last three years, where we got several crises on the worldwide. Um, yeah, we are focusing on organic growth, which is important for us um, with the right people. Uh, right people means that we want to have people focusing on the one side, on the, on the business part of the customers, uh, which is our, our consultants focus. And on the other side, we want to have really nice people um, where we enjoy to work with. Uh, this is why we don't grow that that hard as other consultancies. 
but with a steady flow of really nice uh, colleagues. Yeah, that, that seems to be a good policy. <laughs> um, what geographical markets do you serve? Yeah, we're focusing with with the sales part on the on the German speaking market, which means um, Dach, also so Germany, Austria, Switzerland, mm -hmm. and for for companies from from these countries, uh, we did uh, um, projects in Europe and also worldwide projects. But for the sales part, we're just focusing on on German speaking co companies. And who's your ideal uh, company as a client? Uh, typically, we prefer. Bigger clients, uh, which means that typically they have a revenue more than 100 million per year. Um, I, I prefer more than 500 million revenue per year and a lot of customers because we are very good in um, yeah, digitalization of CRM and marketing automation, which means that you have typically a bigger uh, IT department, that you have a lot of clients, that you have a lot of processes. And so we are focusing on the on the bigger clients. Um, there is no industry we are focusing because customer relationship management or marketing automation is, as I say, uh, and I'm working in this field since now 20 years, it's more or less the same in any kind of industry. And so we only divide into industries where you have contract with your customers and in industries where you don't have any contract with your customers. Um, but the topics are typically the same. Mm -hmm. Very good. And um, how big is a project on average in, in terms of either mandates or, or revenue? Yeah, this is a question I really like because um, new consultants always ask these questions. And it and it really depends. We're working for really big clients in Germany, so for the, for the DAX companies. And a typical project is something about two to three years um, because um, they are really huge. There are a lot of people working in these projects. And Since there are bigger companies, there's a lot of political stuff inside. So it takes a lot of time um, to do the projects. And I really like it because we got bigger clients where we do projects which take two or three years. And then we do the same kind of project for a smaller company. For a smaller company means something about 500 million revenue per year. And then it takes two to six months, depending on the company, you see how, how quick you can be doing these things. Yeah, yeah, but it sounds like an interesting range. Um, so now let's jump into the topics. Um, we, we, we had a, a nice pre-interview and we talked about the whole topic of partnering up with other consultancies. Um, so do you partner up with other consultancies? Yeah, we do. Um, we, we partner with other consultancy, um, especially on consultancies, which have typically a size like us. So, uh, I said something about 10 to 200 or 300 people. Uh, so which are on the same, same level of growth. Mm -hmm. And how many partners do you have right now? How many other consultancies do you partner with? Uh, really working with uh, partners, we have five at the moment. Uh, so there are several partners, but uh, really working partners. And working partners means that we have a meeting every month um, so that there's a real connection and a real ex exchange. Uh, these are five. And uh, follow-up question, because you mentioned it is explicitly, why do you work with similar-sized uh, consultancies? Um, What, what I realized in, in our history is um, that you need to have a good connection on the managing director level um, because if they want to partner, they can tell this to their sales team. And um, it, it is also quite helpfully if the, the managing director is staying constantly and working with, with uh, other consultancies which are much bigger, so 1,000 1, to 5,000 people in Germany uh, at least, 
Uh, the managing director is so far away from me. I mean, we are just 90 people. Um, then we are speaking to one manager, which which typically uh, changes quite quite quickly in this position. So that if you if you start working together, the people is the, the people are leaving. So um, so we have a stable connection. Uh, we work with consultancies on this level where we have a good connection to the managing director. Yeah. Okay, sounds really good. Um, so uh, follow-up question there. For how long uh, do you have you been working with these five uh, partners on average, like uh, up to now? On uh, average, I would say five to seven years now. Ah, that's quite long. That's quite long. And um, how did you initially start or pick the white partners to work with? How did it all get started, so to say? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, the, the more important question I like is how to not pick the partner. Um, uh, because there are a lot of people coming to me and telling me we have to, to work together. Um, and this is a sentence I really don't like because, uh, we have to work to, together typically means you have to bring me, um, projects. <laughs> so it's not working together um and there were a lot of people sitting in my room and asking me to work together and um then i said okay, okay let's work together and i realized there's a lot of things we bring into this partnership but it's not coming from the other side and um this is it's a long time ago then uh, i was complaining to my to my colleagues and then they said okay what about uh that you ask them to write half half side so um half a side how they want to have this partnership that the first step before you start to work with them, that you just ask, okay, let's let's go back um, to our companies, sit there, and write down half a side um, and um, what we are expecting. And I started to do this, and then I realized most of the people go home, and I never get this half side, uh, what they're doing, expecting. And then I realized, okay, they're just expecting from my side, but they don't want to give anything at all. Um, and this is typically how I've. Um, I speak to other people before we start then um, getting together. Um, I ask them for something. And if I don't get it back, I realize it's not a partnership, which is worth it. And uh, this is the first thing. The other thing is um, when I realize, okay, they're really interesting uh, or are interested and they're sitting there and writing it down. Um, then I'm checking if the uh, if you get a good connection to the managing director. Uh, means having a lunch dinner, uh, speaking to each other, seeing if... Um, we got the same values uh, about people, about customer, and especially about quality. Uh, it's always a matter of about quality because when we bring other um, partners to our projects, we want to have the same quality. So the, the matter for me is how they treat their people, um, how they treat their customers, and what's the quality in the project, and then realizing if there is a good connection between me and the, the managing director. And if I realize, okay, there's a good connection, um, then we say we want to work together which means bringing also the sales people and the uh, the project leaders together. Um, and then we'd start uh, with a monthly meeting typically. Um, so because um, in my opinion, it doesn't work if you just say, okay, we want to partner and we wait for the next opportunity uh, because two weeks later, you have forgotten that there is a partner you can, you can choose. And I like to have a monthly meeting because then you're, yeah, you re always remember, okay, there's a partner, and then you go into this meeting and you prepare it and you think about, okay, where we have a chance for partnering. And this this brings up the partnering um, quite quickly that you can see if there are opportunities, uh, if it doesn't, if it does work or it doesn't work. 
And so you see half a year later, um, you can um, have a meeting and say, okay, does it work or does it not work? And then you can quit it or you can keep it going. Mm -hmm. And um, how long do these meetings usually go that you have monthly? Uh, just one, uh, at least one hour, uh, no, uh, at maximum one hour, uh, typically mm -hmm. 30 to 60 minutes. Do you have a specific agenda and homework that you prepare for? Or is it like you just by yourself um, prepare a little bit and the other person does something and then you just see what happens? Yeah, it's it's more or less like, like this. Um, because as, as I mentioned before, what I typically realize is um, you go to your salespeople, you say you want to partner now. And then they say, yeah, let's go. We want to partner. And two weeks later, they forgot that there is a partner. Um, and this is why I like these kind of regular meetings, not because of the agenda of the meeting but just because of the preparation and the sales team is sitting there thinking okay yeah there was a partner really we spoke four weeks ago about this partner yeah 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 okay do we now have opportunities with our partner or not and it's just about remembering and then you go into the meeting and it's quite quickly if you go prepare it very well and you also see if the partner on the other side uh, did a preparation um, and really wants to work with you and have some opportunities This is the main thing. And then typically, if you have projects together, um, the, the other part of the agenda is naturally speaking about the project. Is it working? Are there any kind of topics? Um, yeah. And uh, can you give me um, two, three recent examples on how you work together with a consultancy to win a deal um, or maybe also win the very first deal? What you look out for when you start a very first project? Because I would assume that you are really... Like that's where you're not really sure. Does it work? Uh, do people fit together? Does quality work? And 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 so on and so forth. Yeah, um, there there are several ways of of uh, working together. Um, the easiest way for us or for the partner is when we already have won a project, and then we are missing some kind of competencies. Um, and as a consultancy, you you always have two choices. Then the first one is. You take a consultant who is free in the moment, but maybe does not fit um, very good on the project. But hey, you can make some revenue, so you, you want to film there. Or you uh, you think, okay, it doesn't fit that well, but you want to have a really good quality on the project. And then you see, you see that you have to take someone from the market or from, the, from some partners. And this is where we get into the connection with a partner and ask them um, for a, a consultant for the project. And... It typically depends, naturally, if we try to fit in on our own or if we take the partner. The most easy way if we really use uh, or if we really need a special kind of compet uh, competencies, uh, especially with um, technologies. There are several technologies. For example, um, we don't have in our company like uh, SAP um, or Microsoft development. Um, and this is where we, we go to partners and ask them. Um, and this is this is quite quite easy. Um, More interesting is that if we have a pitch um, at a customer and then we realize, okay, um, the pitch is so big that um, on, on on the one part, uh, we are really good at, uh, at, at several parts, but on the other parts, we're not that good. Um, and we would need a strong partner also bringing references or a special kind of know-how into, into the pitch. Um, And then working together is much more complicated as you can imagine. Um, um, and um, uh, th this is uh, where we then bring the, the, the teams together. Um, this is also where we have to um, have some upfront meetings with a partner if it's really interesting to it or not, because 
We also had partners which were not that interested. They said, okay, I want to work with you. Then you go to the customers and say, yeah, we're going to pitch. And then they don't um, deliver uh, what you need. Uh, that's a really problem for us because uh, we are the, the main supplier in this case. So the, the first thing is that we have to really find out if the, our partner is committed to the, to the pitch. Um, and then we have to do the, the preparing for the pitch. And then it's important also um, about pricing and stuffing. Are they really able to deliver? Is the pricing okay for us? Does it fit in ours? Um, do they fit in also, also in the legal contracts? That's a little bit more complicated. But since we work with our partners uh, now since several years together, uh, it's it's working very well. Um, and if we get pitches, we don't have so much in the moment because we got good partners with strong knowledge. Where we would need some other competencies, it would be the same kind of process, and then some, um, yeah, some learning in the pitches if the partners um, is um, on the same level as us for pitches, for example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good. Um, can can you just name one or two? projects that you maybe even do currently or did recently uh, with a partner just so that um, I, I like to hear something in practice because you can imagine it a little bit better. Um, we, ha we had a big project um, for a retail customer who, who wanted, uh, uh, okay, I don't want to, to name the, the, the technology, uh, which wanted to, to shift from one technology to the other technology. And we were good at the, at the first technology, uh, but we were bad at the other technology. Um, And we had no idea. And so we went to the partner who was strong at the other technology. Um, and then we stuffed a team half of us uh, with a technology we know very good and took the half of the other team, um, which were other, so there were three people from us and three people from the partner, which were good at the other technology. And then we moved um, yeah, from one technology to the other. Uh, this was working very well. Um, the other was the way we were brought in from a, from a partner. Um, the um, we got several projects where we have got partners which are very strong at the technology level um, because they are implementation partners, um, and because they do implementation of several kind of other or of um, several kind of, of, of special technology, um, they are partnering strongly with this kind of technology partner. And these technology partners they don't like if um, They go to customers and they recommend other technologies. So the um, this is why we have some partners and consultancies which do no recommendation for the customers. And when the customers is looking for a recommendation, um, when we are strong in recommendation for our customers for CRM solutions or marketing automation solutions, typically the partner is bringing us into the project. Uh, because the customers wants to have an independent uh, consultancy, and we are independent, um, and which is which is good for the customers because um, then he has an independent consultancy, but, but which is also good for our partner because um, the the um, the customers is seeing that the that our partner is really trustable because they they lay it open that they are partnering with other with a technology partner. Um, and that they want to help the client and that they're bringing us into, even if we choose a uh, technology which our partner does not use. Um, but there's a um, lot of trust after this, uh, also on the client level for for the uh, for our partner. Then I hope this is clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it was it was clear. Um, and um, I, from from a customer's perspective, it's of course uh, much nicer if you if you have one trusted company 
that uh, that that says we always want your best interest and you see it in how they execute whatever they do and even bring in other partners um so that's definitely helping um all of you um even if that company that that brought you in will not win a project because you recommend someone else i mean the long-term relationship is much better yeah yeah we uh, one thing we have we have a partner um which is very good at building uh loyalty systems for the clients which they are hosting um and we're very good um building it at the customers and we typically also um uh have some clients which um ask um us for a pitch and they ask them um and then we realize uh, that we go to the same same client <laughs> what happens then now i'm curious yeah because now you're almost in competition yeah 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 but but we realize that it's not a real competition because it's a choice of the customer mm -hmm. and this is where we go to the customer and tell them um, that he's asked um each of us and then we go to the customers and present them the two different kind of solutions but we do it together because our aim is that the customer is getting the best um which is the best for him uh, not for us um and then we show him that we can do um um do both on the one hand bring the loyalty program or our marketing automation to him on the other hand to outsource it um and this is something we really like because then we offer both opportunities and the customer can decide what is the best for him and on the sometimes he's deciding it for us and sometimes for our partner but our value is to bring the best to our customers and that for the customer not for us um this is what the customers really like and um now they they ask typically um directly um our partner asks coming to them and seeing what we can offer and deciding together what is the best for the customer mm -hmm. very good very good um how much revenue is influenced um by your partners so either you got referred um, by one of your partners or you work together by uh, with one of your partners roughly just in percentage 15 to 20 percent last question on this topic if uh, if you would if you could give one advice to uh, young and upcoming consultancy maybe 30 40 employees growing nicely that also thinks about well we have some gaps and there's something repeatedly coming up and maybe it makes sense to partner up how would you get started to find the first one two partners that fit well i would always start with these monthly meetings um and i would really hardly check what's coming up from the partners to to them and also what they are giving um because a partnership uh, just makes sense um if you have giving and taking um and if i just want to partner because i'm not good at sales and i want to have partners which are bringing projects to me really don't do this i know so many companies working like this that, that never really never will work and on the other hand if you had a, have a partner where you really are, realize after one or two meetings uh that you are bringing everything into it and never getting it back also stop it so yeah it's typically um yeah start quickly and fail fast yeah that's a that's the that's the goal yeah very good Cool. Now let's jump topics uh, and go into a totally different direction. Um, and that's a little bit uh, controversial because I hear both sides um, arguing really fiercely about it. And the topic is standardization. Uh, what do you think about standardizing consultancy offerings and services? Yeah, I, be I believe in uh, standardization. <laughs> so I'm just wondering 
uh, why it is um, such a discussed topic, <laughs> because in my opinion, uh, it should always be the way. Um, I mean, you, you mentioned before, focusing is always good. Uh, and focusing means that you got a lot of competency um, in your consultancy. And the, the goal is um, to have high quality in the project for the customers. Um, and this is just possible if you standardize what you're doing. Um, I know that if you, if you tell our clients that we have a standardized project, um, they always got the fear that we're doing these um, 0850 and thing. So this uh, air, 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 uh, the Copy same paste, thing. Which basically, we did. yeah. Yeah, what we did in, in 100 other companies. Um, but I can quite quickly explain them why it's good for our customers because we bring so much knowledge into the project. Um, and which make typically 80% of that, what we bring in, uh, fits very good. And then we got time um, to find out the other 20%, which is um, typically for our customers um, and what they really need. Uh, so we don't have to start to find out everything about the 100%, but just the 20%, which makes it really, uh, it makes it quicker with a high quality, which makes it more cheaper for the customers and more faster for the customer. What kind of processes did you standardize? I mean, we, we're focusing on CRM and marketing automation and BI. And, and if you go into the details, you'll see there are a lot of different kind of projects you can do. And this is why we try each year to standardize at least one, two or three projects in either of the fields, um, which, which we make new because they're so different kind of projects. Um, but for example, we're not the only company who did it, but we're doing a lot of selections of technology, CRM technology, uh, marketing automation technology, uh, or BI tools. And this is something you really can standardize. Um, um, we got a trend watch um, in our portfolio team, which are looking for new solutions in these fields, which um, we, we have a catalog of 600 um, requirements, typically the customer have. And so this is something which really helps our clients because when we started um, 13 years ago, we, we went to our customers and we asked them, what do you want from a marketing automation solution? And then we wrote everything down. It took a really long time. And the problem was, um, if you check at the specification, there are some fields where the customers is really into detail. And there are other things where the customers is not into that detail. So the requirements, they had a completely different kind of detailation. And what we did then, we standardized these kind of projects, and now we have 600 requirements which are on the same level, which are really good. And we're now going to the to the customers, and it's not asking what do you want, but it's going through the 600 uh, requirements, and then checking is it important or is not important is on the wish list. And so it's much quicker. These requirements they are already um, written down um, on a on our IREP standard, which is a standard for requirement. Um, so the, the level of these requirements is really, really good. And then we can go into the uh, interviews and check out if there are any kind of special requirements our customer has to. Uh, but what we see is that um, it became much faster. Um, the requirements are at least 80, 90% the same for each customer. And the other 10% we will find out with the interviews. Um, and the quality of our um, selection process has become so much better. This is why we really like um, standardization. 
and also in, in field of um, implementation. Um, if you're doing an implementation project, it is typically the same. Um, it depends on the kind of project. The CRM project is different to a marketing automation project, but these kind of projects you can really standardize. Um, and also the CRM strategy process is something which you can really standardize and it, it is to 80 to 90%, it's the same on our customers. Um, and this is really helping the customers a lot. How does, um, like, how do you guide your team with the process through an implementation? Like, just so that I can imagine or listeners can imagine it. So we, we got a, we got a, um, own section or company, which is called portfolio. Um, other consultancy called a competence center where we are bundling the, the, um, the know-how and where we got people, um, which know the process, how we do an implementation, for example, very well. Um, and they are responsible also for the, the standardization uh, and to bring all the information together in, in sheets. Um, this is also something I like because um, if you do pre-sales with the customers, we can directly show them how the, the end result will look like because we know it and we have just to work into these sheets, which is really good. And they know the process. And if we, if we do the implementation process, um, we got... Um, at least a project leader who is uh, familiar with the, with the standardization. We also get uh, coaches from the portfolio team, which looking if we are, if the team is able to use these sheets and know what to do, that they know um, in every kind of meeting there with the customers, what do they have to do there? Which kind of sheet do they have to use? What kind of questions do they have to ask? Um, and so our portfolio team is responsible for the quality of the projects. And this is how our implementation process then is um, done. Can I imagine it this way? If I would be like a project leader uh, implementing a project, there are sheets like, for example, Excel sheets or Google sheets or whatnot. And I know, okay, uh, first day, the, the whole project is, for example, eight weeks. Um, and on the first week, I have two meetings. In meeting one, I do A, B, and C with the client. I have to meet these, these, and these people. Then I do some work. Meeting two will be these these and these people i have to check out my boxes so it's really like a, a kind of a checklist where you don't forget anything and you know what to do at what point of time yeah yeah exactly it's exactly like this um the, the main thing is that the project leader is not new it's not like uh, he's taking out the box with this all this stuff and then reading it and then doing it he has done it before in this team he was not the project leader so he knows how to use the tools and the next time he's project leader he has done it several times before and then he's using the tools and explaining the other colleagues how to how to use it and how to check the quality. But it's 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 yeah, it's, um, I would say it's more or less like this. Um, it's it's more like this because the process is standardized. It's less like this because it depends on the customers. We have customers where we do the same project in twenty days, and we have customers where we do it in two hundred days. So you have to 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 fit it on the customer a little bit. Yeah, I understand. No, but that's super powerful because, um, and, and I think many people who are, um, cautious of trying this, um, didn't think it through because, uh, on the one hand, they think, oh, our projects are totally different. Um, well, if you have totally different projects, you may have a problem anyway. Um, but if you have similar projects, they say, well, our clients are so different. But you said not everything has to be a hundred percent standardized. It's like 80 20 and then you're already on the right track. Yeah, uh, um, I don't know if you if you know Hagen Reta, you know the the cabbages. Um, uh, he's a he's a famous cabbages. 
And I, I was, um, when he was, was giving here a show and I went there and he said, he is really good at finding structures. So looking at people and finding that they always do the same patterns. And I'm working as a consultant since 20 years now. And then I realized, hey, you got this ability. Yeah, I got it too. And I did several projects. And in this project, I realized that they, that they show the same pattern at the same time. That means in our standardization, it's not just how to do it. Um, but typically, in the project, you got the same risk or same problems. And what I realized, the most risk or problems show up at the same phases, so at the same moments, which is really good because um, this is also implemented in, in our standardization, which means um, our projects are not risk-free, but we know which risk is typically or a prob problem is happening at what time, and then we can directly manage it. Um, and this is something really our customers like because then we, we take the sheet and we say, no, it's week five. Okay, we have to focus on this. And then it pops up and they say, how could you know this? And I said, yeah, we did it so many times. And it's always the same. Yeah, And it, and it really is always the same. Yeah. So. yeah. You know, I, I, I read a book recently. I have to look it up and we can put it into the show notes later because I think it's not lying around. It's about checklists. Yeah, uh, The checklist manifesto, I think. And um, it's about a guy who uh, basically, oh, some examples, and one is um, of, of a physician who noticed that there are a lot of infections when people have to stay in the intensive care unit for a longer time. And uh, so there are a lot of infections due to, uh, you have to have a tube in your arm uh, for a long time, and then um, the risk is higher. And with, uh, I think, just a couple of steps that you have to do when you put this tube in and when you care about the tube, you could reduce... Um, like really fatal uh, risks by 90% plus. Um, and it was a checklist. And I mean, it's nurses and physicians who are not dumb people, but still they they sometimes forget one of these points. And when you forget it, you have a risk. And that's kind of the same here. And um, and I can really relate to it because we do the same. We have a standardized pro uh, productized service, so to say. And I make um, uh, really the, the same experiences as you did. Um, we are much younger than you and smaller than you, but I also see that it has so many advantages of, on the one hand, you can you can also, what we do, uh, decline customers where we know, okay, you might want to do a project with us, but we know that at least in these steps, you don't have the resources or you, uh, for whatever reason, it will probably fail. Um, and um, in terms of selling, it's much nicer because we can really price it correctly. We can tell you what you get. If you work with us, we can tell you what you have to do if you want to be successful and then they can self-select if they want to do it or not. And um, also in terms of Hiring people, you don't need these super creative um, guys. You know, you have to have—I mean, you have to have some people who second guess the process, so you always improve it. But you, you, you don't need the, the super special ones. You know, you you need people who are really good at executing and love it. And then um, it's also better in terms of hiring because you have a bit of, bigger pool of people you can access to. Um, anything else from your side where you say this is also beneficial of working um, in, in this in this way? Yeah, I, I like what you said about the checklist. And this is something, a tool which I'm using a lot. Um, because doing things really good, um, uh, means having more step than you typically, uh, typically do. Uh, just for example, um, we, 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 sometimes we realize that, um, our, uh, our own people in our company, they don't know, uh, how many projects we do and at what kind of cool customers we, we work. And then we made a checklist after the project. Did you did a talk inside our own company 
that everyone is is knowing it. Um, and I like this checklist because yeah, you do your projects and you just jump from one project to the other, and you don't think about hey, I could take some time to tell all the other colleagues what we did here and what was cool and what we learned. And since you got the checklist and you see, okay, it's a part of the end of the project, you have to do it. And we started with checklisting, I think five or six years ago, and our life became so easy <laughs> because yeah, everything is standardized and everyone knows how, how to do and everyone knows a project is just finished if he told our colleagues what he did there and not before. Uh, and it's part of the game. Yeah. And it's also on top, uh, like a recipe when you cook, you have a, yeah. a playbook and uh, and you can improve it over time. So uh, it's not like the recipe is set in stone and you never change it because if you learn in some projects, okay, something can be done better. Yeah. The, all the future project, projects will be better. And if your colleagues change jobs, the, the process is still there. And that's powerful when you want to sell your company at some point or scale or whatever. Uh, you build a machine and you're not the machine yourself, but you have, or anyone is the machine. It's it's like the process is, is the core of the yeah. company and you can get people in there, train them and they can execute. Yeah. And, and what I really like about these checklists is if I realize there is some missing gap somewhere, so we make mistakes more often, I just take the checklist and just an improval uh, or add a line. And then the next way, directly, the, the problem is solved. It's so easy to do this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like it a lot. Um, and if you if you would give advice to someone who says, okay, I buy into this whole standardization thing, um, but what, what project or what product should I pick to standardize first? Because we have like a couple of offerings, they come up over time. How should I get started with my very first standardization? Yeah, um, I really like this question because we had the, we had the same problem. Um, and what what I what I realized we we, we made a um, we made a matrix. What what all kind of things we have to standardize? And and it's not just that you have to standardize the project, but you also have to standardize, for example, the sales part or the pre-sales part and all that stuff. And um, I like to start on two things. The first thing, I always start at the sales part <laughs> because without standardized sales part, you don't win the projects you do. And if you, um, this is where I always would, would start, uh, not starting at the, at the project itself, but on how to win projects, uh, also in how to do the sales process for the, for the project. Because if you're really good at several kind of projects on a consultancy, uh, you want to sell them more to the customers. The customer should know about these. And in my opinion, everything starts with sales. So you should standardize the sales part and also the pre-sales part. Um, so and standardizing the pre-sales part means to have naturally a pitch presentation, but you should also have your USP. So why are you the best company for these kind of projects? Uh, what are your values against the competitors, for example? Um, uh, what are your references? And everyone knows these, and this is standardized. Um, and especially references um, are standardized for us. We have a reference library, so where you can pick for each kind of project everything you need. And this is the first thing. And then it comes up to the question, uh, what kind of projects do we start with? And in my opinion, okay, what, what worked for us better like this? Um, what worked for us was the question is what kind of projects do we want to have more um, or what we typically have more. So we just take the the projects we 
do more, not these we do it once a year or twice a, or once uh, every twice years, and we don't take a people off project, and then it takes it gets time to standardize it. Um, so that what, what means standardizing offside a project did not work for us. What works is doing a project and doing the standardization on the project. Um, so which would mean in this case, um, if you, for example, when we started, I don't know, 10 years ago, we wanted to standardize marketing automation selection processes. Um, um, we we took the, the next project we had, we told the project leader, okay, now it's come up for standardization, which means you're doing the process, uh, the process now very, very good, uh, taking extra time um, and bringing all the the uh, the slides you do and all these extra stuff um, also directly into a, in the frame of for Syntelic. And after this first project, we had a roughly 80% standardization um, where it, it was more or less a blank copy of the last project we did, but which was good because it was a guideline for the next project we did. And then we told the next guy, okay, you take these and then you go and all the the sharp corners um, or all the the white uh, the, the, the um, white holes which are there where you don't know what to do, you bring all the other stuff into it. And after this, we had a ninety five percent one, and it became better and better uh, after the first three to seven projects. Um, and then we can could use it perfectly. And now we have a something we call continuous improvement process, which means um, after each project we go through, uh, did all the sheets work? Uh, is there anything we have to add? Um, Anything of the client requirements, which could be a standard. Um, so this is now a part of it. But I always would start on the project because if you give people time um, offside a project, it, it will, in my opinion, it will end up in a mess. Uh, it, it will take so much time. No one is going to pay it and you will be frustrated. So take the, pro the next project you got. Yeah, it's also my experience from my time when I was a consultant. Um, that these debriefings and when we are on the beach and, and uh, the partners had the idea, okay, now we create something. And then yeah, exactly. um, <laughs> it always takes the time you have, you know, it's like this this old yeah. law of um, filling up everything. And then it was like a big mess of slides and and some 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 Excel at that point of time still. And it, I think it was never used again. Um, yeah. exactly. I did. It was never used again. Yeah. And it's completely frustrating for all sides. Yeah, yeah and, and, and this is really powerful because you it's it's also... I would assume at least much nicer to teach new employees on on what they can expect, on what they should do, what what is expected of them, um, and um, it's also easier to ramp up good people that show that they understood the process and they are potentially able to lead a project. So you don't need as much time as a normal consultant who has to like um, like a, a, the, the typical strategy consultant who has to learn how to create a strategy. That's much harder than learning a process and executing it well. Yeah. Is there any downside of creating processes or standardized products with processes? Yeah, I'm just checking. Um, because in the in the preparation of this call, you, you ask also if the, if the creativity of the consultants is, is going down. I like to go fishing. And I remember four years ago I was I was fishing and I heard a podcast about innovation management uh, and how to get companies that they are really innovative. And there was a guy who had a consultancy helping to get uh, clients more innovative companies and he said 
what you have to do is you have to standardize your innovation process that an ape can do it. And that means you have to build up sheets where you do your market research, research and that you, it is quite easy that you have to write questions there and then the people are doing the market research and then you have to do other sheets. Um, and after these, and if they get all the information um, and this is really standardized, they can be creative and uh, then they can bring up the ideas because they got the right information together. And and I really liked it because it sounds so diametral um, being so standardized and being innovative on the other side. And then I realized myself, because if I really prepare a talk, for example, really, really good, I can easily be more free in the talk because I'm so safe about what I want to say. And this, this is more or less the same because you, what you are standardizing are the the easy steps uh talking like this so the consultancy on the project they don't have to think about okay what do i have to do next and how to prepare a meeting because everything is set up but then they get the free time and maybe they're a little bit bored boring is good for innovation uh, then they got the free time to think about what is really essential for the customer and this is why i think that standardization also helps to be more creative and to see the bigger picture than to be hustling about doing the um, the easy stuff. Yeah, and and also also always trying to find new solutions for problems that you already solved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Just to just to be not bored, so to say. Um, that's that's not a nice way of running a company, and that's a really uh, important topic because I had the problem at my company, for example. We we uh, heavily started to standardize uh, things we do for our clients, and we had. One employee complaining that, well, if you really do what you said you would do, then this company is not for me because then all the creativity is gone. And at that point of time, I didn't have an answer. Now now I'm absolutely with you. I mean, there's no need for creativity. If we already have something that works, you can be creative to make it better, to find new ways or adding something. Yeah, That's where you can be creative. But executing something that works you don't have to be creative um, because it works, you know? Um, and uh, so maybe it's not for everyone. And I think um, so if you if you switch your company to into this direction, you might lose some employees, um, but that's a normal process. And it also heavily reminds me um, of of the interview with John Verilo. Um, I don't know if you know the guy, he, he wrote the bid to sell, uh, book and has a really famous podcast where he interviews founders who sold the company afterwards yeah. so to say right. um and um and this book is basically a story uh, a teaching by uh, through a story and um and and this protagonist he also standardizes processes um in a marketing agency and then he lost some super creative people but other people stepped up and said wow that's exactly what i want and i can start to like focus on leading people and focus on winning new clients and you can do a better sales process because you, you know exactly what kind of solution you have for what kind of client um and that would be um one question that i still have um in in terms of productizing your um your services how did it help you sell better or, or, or win more clients? In, in, in my world, uh, it is so necessary um, because if I can tell our clients that we did the several pro uh, this, this kind of project um, in the last year 20 times um, and that we got it more or less standardized, which means 80 to 90%, um, 
to show them directly the results, how they would look like in each step. Uh, there is so much trust about the customer that they know that there is consultancy who has really huge experience. I mean, this is typically the problem of consultancy. There are so many consultancies in Germany and I have been working there also. You know that every consultant is saying, saying yeah, we, we know how to do this. <laughs> and this is the first sentence uh, everyone is learning when you got a consultancy. said, yeah, we can do this. And this is what the, the customers learned. They learned that the consultancy is always telling them, yeah, we, we did it before several times and um, they don't trust consultancy that, that much anymore. So what is really important is to show that you, you get knowledge on these fields. Um, and this is why standardization is so, in my opinion, it's so important also for the sales process um, because if you can show the customer that you get a standardized process in this way and how it looks like, he knows that you're not just saying them that you did it before, but you did it before. Yeah? So it, it helps a lot to build trust on the client side. Yeah, yeah. And I absolutely can agree. And you build your your, uh, your logos over time and um, it gets more and more powerful the more yeah. clients you have helped. Um, so I absolutely agree. And I yeah. feel it also with our company. That's really, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Um, I think the hardest part is basically that uh, consultancies um, or at least the leaders start out with a with a uh, an area of expertise and a network, and then they accept projects because of their network, not because of a focus. And then the whole consultancy starts to grow because of this network. And I know consultancies that became quite large, uh, like even two, three hundred employees, because of the network of the the top one two people. But they they never focus. So if I start like really, I literally I. I ask those people that work in these partners in these companies. So what is your focus? Who's your target? They couldn't answer me. Who's their target group? Because they say we do this and this and this. And that's, I think the problem that uh, these type of people who are more um, like, I would say, how do you, how do you say it in English? Um, they, they do the business for fun. It's not a business to build a business. It's more business because I want to be the hero. I have my network. I'm the rainmaker. They do that. And the other side is people who want to build a business. And I think then you should think about what you said and and, and look where, where do I have expertise? What could I standardize? What is my market? Is the market big enough? If yes, boom. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a huge topic. And this is really a problem, um, defining what the market is and if it's big enough. Because this is every, I think every CEO of a consultancy has um, focusing Definitely makes sense, but the question is: If you're focusing, are you not leasing some project or revenue somewhere, which you could also do? Uh, I, I've been working for a consultancy before. Where we were fifteen thousand people. We were one thousand in Germany, and we did really everything. And it, um, we didn't had any kind of project which were which were standardized. And I remember it. I think it's now fifteen, sixteen, seventy years ago. Um, then we wanted to standardize. All of the projects in every country had to um, bring in some standard solutions. And we did a, it was a mess. Um, and we did this kind of standardization of projects, um, which took a lot of time and also internal money. Um, but after we did it, the question was how to bring it to the other countries that other people of countries we didn't work with as um started to use it and this is a problem if you've got a company of three 200 and 300 people uh, living on the network of the cio uh it's 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 really hard because then you have to find 
these kind of specific projects, uh, which is not interesting for 10 or 20 people, but which is interesting to, to bring up enough money for 25 to 50% of the consultancy. And this is, this is not that easy. And, um, I mean, we're not that big, but it was the same problem with us. Um, when we started, we had at least 10 to 20 topics where we said, okay, we could standardize all of these. And then I said, okay, we have to start somewhere. Um, and then this is why we every every year we have two to three other topics we also standardize. Um, but I, I remember the first year we were really upset. Do we, t do we take the right projects? Are we losing any kind of, of money or revenue? Are we dying now? I said no. We we will work as before. We check if we if we, if we can do this, and we do this. Um, but we start getting better in each field. This is what I would propose every kind of company. Not maybe not. Don't have the fear that if you focus on a certain kind of project, you're going to die. But standardize your projects um, step by step because then you get more quality. You're getting better, and it's better for the customer at all. Yeah, I like it a lot, and it's. It's not a one or zero um, decision. Yeah. Um, it's like you can still do what you do with your rainmaker approach, but you pick one topic with maybe one partner who's willing to invest the time and who thinks this way and, and let them do the pilot and then see what works. And if it works, you pick the next one. And, and if that works, you pick the next one. And then over time, you transform your company into, into what you like. And maybe you lose some partners or MDs who just want to be rainmakers and you notice that that's not necessary anymore. And you can even at some point, and that would be my last question. How do you sell? Do you have, uh, are you the only one selling or do you have like also some standardized team and process in terms of selling projects or winning projects, better to say? We have, we, we are separated in sales. Um, so the first main thing is that everyone has to, to do good consultancy and good consultancy also means looking for, uh, needs of customers um, where they need consultancy. Um, I, I don't want to call it selling because the consultancy don't like this word. Uh, Nobody but, likes the word yeah, selling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but good consultancy not just means doing the project right. It means to look if um, the customer has several uh, other needs. And we got a sales team uh, on the one hand, uh, which are responsible going to clients, uh, showing them our offering. We got um, making up connections. We got managers. Um, we got managers, um, which are the, the the leaders of the consultants. Uh, they also uh, they do sales, um, not as a salesperson, but they do networking. Um, they got their clients. They know our offer, um, and they have to show the our offer what we can do to the to the customers. Um, we have a marketing team, uh, which is also responsible to. Um, I mean, we're not a big consultancy, so not. Also, the good thing is. We're six now since 12 years. The field of CRM, marketing automation, is not that big. So we, we are well known in this field, which is very good. Um, but we have to remember our clients, uh, what kind of offers we, we have. So we, we use um, any kind of con uh, communication, especially LinkedIn. Uh, we have podcasts about marketing automation. Um, we do um, newsletter advertising and all this stuff. Um, and where we also get um, uh, customers which are coming to us. Um, and this is so sales is part of the whole company um, to bring our offer to our clients. Mm -hmm. And I I remember a conversation with a partner from PwC 
who said they they had a pilot, a successful pilot, where they enabled junior consultants to sell projects. Where sell means identify problems. Um, but what they did before they 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 were successful is identify five um, products, so to say. So five um, areas of problems where they have a kind of standardized solution. And they they taught their juniors on what they should listen to and who should they ask to bring in to talk to the person they know if they identify the problem. And that was super successful. So um, so in a sense, um, I, I absolutely um, understand that, yeah, you can have a whole sales team. So it doesn't have to be the, the old, the partner sales on relationship basis. You can have a sales team reaching out to people, um, asking the right questions and identifying pain points and then saying, hey, we have a really good solution. You can still do, do the partner sell as you do, but you can also enable juniors to actively listen to the uh, core questions that you know, identify the, or even ask the core questions to the right people. And if you hear the, the right signals, boom. Yeah, uh, I love it a lot. Um, we We got a new person in our company since two months now. And she is responsible for bringing up consultative selling, which means that also our junior con or associate consultants um, can can sell our standardized projects. Um, so it fits perfectly. Uh, yeah, thanks for these ideas. I will directly after this uh, mention it to her. Yeah, I can also ask uh, the partner of PwC if oh. you uh, would like to um, connect with you. Yeah, that would be great. Um, yeah. yeah, because maybe you can learn from one another. Yeah, great. Um, Good. Uh, we are already at the end of our interview. Um, I have five rapid fire questions lined up, uh, Jörg. Um, are you ready? Yeah, I'm, I am. <laughs> awesome. What do you do to keep body and mind fit and sharp? Uh, a body, um, uh, I, go, I go jogging and I do um, muscle training. What is craft mm -hmm. sport? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and for mind? Bo bodybuilding, I would Bodybuilding, yeah. It's bodybuilding. Yeah. It's really that, yeah. And for the mind, um, meditation. Um, I'm, I'm meditating since I guess five to seven years now. And I remember when I started in the company, I tried to bring meditation to the company and everything, everyone thought that I'm <laughs> crazy indeed. Now, now it's more familiar. To, um, yeah. What kind of meditation do you do daily or how do you do it? Um, okay. Oh, I go, we go into the details. Um, yeah. I, I started with, with Headspace. Uh, I think you know the app. Um, which mm -hmm. I really, really liked a lot. Um, then I, two years ago, I started with chakra meditation, um, which gets, um, and now I'm, I'm doing, um, which is something I really like. It's, it's manifestation meditations. Um, and I don't know if, if you know it. Um, I don't know it. No. Yeah. It, it's the most people do it wrong because they think manifestation means if I'm, I think about winning in a lottery, I'm going to win. And it's not, it's not the right thing. Manifestation means meditating in the state of mind you want to become. Uh, if you want to feel, also, um, you're meditating and you're feeling like being happy so that your body is feeling happy and that you're going into this state. What This is manifestation. And so I started with, with headspace, which is more getting calm. Um, uh, I did the sacral meditation and now I'm, I'm trying to go into more feelings into the meditation and it and it really helps me a lot i really like it yeah that's really cool remembers me a little bit i heard or i read something about michael phelps where he's basically um um thinking about 
the races that he has yep. before yeah. he goes to sleep and every step like even like putting on uh, on his on his clothes uh, walking out there warming up um standing at the at the top making his moves with his arms like yep. flapping in the back where i would break everything if i would do it and then jumping in and how it feels and the time and whatnot and um uh, so it seems to be something that uh, the best of the best also do yeah Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's more or less the same. I'm thinking just about the feelings I want to have. So, I understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, it it just reminded me of what I what yeah, I exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it's exactly the same. Yeah, yeah that's really cool. Um, do you have a favorite business book? Uh, what I really like a lot is uh, Monkey Management. I don't know if you know okay. it. It's a, no? it's it's from Jan Edlund. Um, this is something I read uh, 10 years ago, and I really liked it a lot. And it's mm -hmm. monkeys are the kind of works uh, you want other people to do, especially your employees. And monkeys are, you give it to them and then they, it, on several ways, it comes back to you and you are doing this. And it helped me 10 years ago and and um, and I, it is really um, written very good and I liked it a lot and it helped me a lot um, becoming a better manager. And mm -hmm. on, uh, I like everything about Fredmund Malik. Um, which is the management pope in, in Europe. Uh, the, the book in Germany, it's Führen leisten Leben. Um, mm -hmm. He's standardizing a management. Um, mm -hmm. And this is something which really helped me a lot. Um, and this is also something which we give to our managers um, that they know how to manage. Um, what is management? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We put both books into the show notes. Oh, great. Uh, do you, yeah. Um, do you listen to podcasts from time to time? Um, yes. Um, I, I listen to podcasts a lot uh, in the moment. Mm -hmm. I'm listening especially to um, yeah to meditation podcasts. Um, in, in the moment, um, for example, Laura Maria Seiler. It's uh, mm -hmm. it's about happiness and all that stuff. Um, yeah, except yeah. what I mentioned before. Yeah. Who should be our next leaders in consulting podcast guests? Um, yeah, uh, I would. I have to ask Uwe Stuhldreier, who's the CEO of of the Hook Twenty Four, and um, He, is he did a really good job in the digitization of Hook24, uh, which is the, the German direct insurance. Um, and uh, yeah, um, I like him a lot. I know him personally. Um, and uh, he, he's, a, um, he's a visionary about the, the insurance um, industry uh, and what you can do with digitalization, with marketing automation and customer relationship management. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. And uh, last question. Uh, now you can directly address our audience. Is there anything we can help you with? Yeah, um, you, you can recommend us. <laughs> uh, recommend us to, to clients. So if you hear about um, that there are projects in the field of CRM, marketing automation or analytics, um, it would be really nice if you could recommend uh, Centelic. As I mentioned before, we, we're quietly known in this field, but I don't think that everyone knows us. And we're not that a, a brand like uh, Accenture or PVC or, or PWCR. And what you also would, would, would be really nice if you could recommend us to, um, to nice people who want to work in the field of digitalization of CRM, because we want to, to grow. Um, and as I mentioned before, we want to grow with, with really nice people who have, uh, are motivated. For business consultancy. So if you know people there, um, maybe give them a hint that we are hiring. Yeah, yeah, very good. We shout it out. Where could people <laughs> reach out to you best? I think it's LinkedIn in the moment. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so typically I like WhatsApp. 
but I don't want to give out my my phone number. <laughs> so the the other way would be would be LinkedIn. It's it's the easiest way. Uh, not per mail. Please don't get in contact by mail. I don't read my mails. We put your LinkedIn link in in the show notes as well. And if you're just listening, uh, it's Jörg, uh, G O E R G, and Reinhard, uh, R E I N A R T H at Syntelic. Uh, you should find him and reach out to him. And um, yeah, it was a true pleasure to talk to you. Um, two very interesting topics that are really, really relevant for consultancies, partnering up and standardization or productization of your services. So I'm pretty sure that our listeners uh, learned a lot from you. Thanks so much. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. And I liked it a lot. Thanks a lot. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our monthly newsletter at leadersinconsulting.com to get key takeaways from this podcast delivered straight to your inbox. And to learn more about how you can join our community of consultancy leaders from around the world. You'd really make my day if you left us a review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. And who knows, maybe we can meet each other at the next Leaders in Consulting monthly meetup. Until then, have a great rest of your week. Your host, Samuel.